Praise God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. That's really good to be here this afternoon. Uh, I just have a, a sense that God may want to say some things to some people. I, I'm not sure, but I'll make it up as I go along. <laughs> uh, let's have a look. Praise God. Ah, Veronique. Veronique, uh, I remembered your name. <laughs> I love that name, it's lovely. Uh, I feel God would say to you, I saw a picture of you walking down a long corridor. All right, walking down a long corridor. And you're wondering, the whole time you're walking down this corridor, you're wondering, is this the way? And God would say to you, the way you are walking, this is the way I'm leading you. And when you get to the end of the corridor, there, there are two doors. And you have a choice of which door to try. And it bothers you because you don't know which one to go through. But I believe the Lord would say to you that only one door will open to you, for the other will remain firmly shut. For the Lord says, I will open up the way for you, and when you go through the door that I open, you will find yourself in the place where I want you to be, doing what I want you to do, says the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, Malcolm, I just feel the Lord is saying to you that the marathon is coming to an end. The marathon is coming to an end. The tiredness is going to be lifted from you. The weariness is going to be lifted from you. It says, the Lord, I'm going to strengthen you and renew your strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Says the Lord, you will walk and not faint. Because the Lord says, I will renew your strength as you wait upon me. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I'll leave it there for the time being, but we'll see if God has anything else to say. I am to speak this morning on Jesus the Healer. Now, when you have illnesses in your own body, okay, and I have illnesses in my body, yeah, I'm type 2 diabetic. I take tablets for my heart, my blood pressure. I take tablets for, uh, if I take any more tablets, I rattle when I walk. But I don't mind that. As far as I'm concerned, it's part of God's plan and purpose for my life. And I know it doesn't take one, it only takes one snap of God's fingers, God's finger, then, and I could be instantly healed and be absolutely set free from everything. But God has chosen that's not the way He wants me to walk. 
He's chosen me for me. This is the way to walk. It's the same when my wife is ill. She has mental problems at the moment, which has been through a depression, and but she's coming out of it. Praise God. Uh, and when she comes, and she, because God has been with her. And my sister-in-law, Hilda, you know, she fell and broke her, her femur up near her hip. And she can't do anything for herself. She has to go around on a frame. So Uncle Len, Brother Len, has to do all the cooking, washing, cleaning, and everything else that goes around, happens in a household. Because I have two ladies who are wonderful, wonderful ladies, but who at this moment of time can't do it for themselves. And I'm blessed because it's God's purpose. I know God could heal my wife like that. I know God could heal my sister-in-law like that because Jesus is the healer. (coughs) Pardon me. That is the truth. It's not what I, like we were singing together this morning, it's not what I feel like. It's not what I think. It's not what, uh, what is happening or going off in me and my body. It's what the truth is, and the truth is Jesus is the healer. The one thing that, that, that we've really experienced, you know, it's difficult to get away from the subject these days, and that's this pandemic with the COVID-19 thing. But one of the things that has happened over last weeks and months is that uh, the National Health Service has has fallen behind in all its operations. With something like five million people waiting for procedures. Five million. And it's getting higher as the weeks go by. And people are beginning to panic and the, the government is throwing billions of pounds at it. And I've got no problem with that. I think the NHS is wonderful. I really do. I think they do a tremendous job, apart from some of the bureaucrats who run it. And that's just a matter of personal opinion. But, you know, that's... It's... It's made me aware, you know, that people depend so much on the NHS. I heard an expression in... I read an expression in the newspaper. It says that the NHS has almost been deified. It's been made like a god. That every every election there is, that the the the, the, the Labour say we're going, we're for the NHS, and the Tories are saying we're for the NHS, and the Lib Dems say, oh no no no, we're for the NHS, and they're all fighting with one another to show that they are in charge. And that the NHS is the most important thing. Do you know, when, when you think about it really, what is our priority when we get ill? Or should I say, who is our priority when we are taken ill? When things go wrong in our bodies, when things go wrong in our minds, when things go wrong in our lives, what is, who is our priority? Do we turn to Jesus first? Or is the first thing we do, we pick up the phone and ring the, sing the surgery and hope 
upon hope, upon hope that you may, just may, get an appointment. And people are panicking uh, about not being able to see their doctor. People are panicking about not having their medical procedure. And it's causing all sorts of angst and worry and uh, <coughs> things that's going off in people because of it. I was so saddened when I watched the telly the other night and I watched a, a little bit of a program that said that one of the things that has increased over the last 18 months to two years has been the numbers of suicides that have happened, that people have uh, committed. And it broke my, it makes my heart. The people, so many thousands of people, especially young people, young teenagers, taking their lives because the pressures of the world today are pressing in on them. And there's loneliness, and there's sadness, and there's pain, not only mentally, but physically as well. And as, as people struggle with it today, as I read the book of Luke, because we're looking at the book of Luke, <coughs> as I read the book of Luke, and it begins to, I begin to read about how when Jesus first began to preach and to minister, the multitudes, crowds of people began to follow him. Now, you've got to ask yourself, why did people follow Jesus at the beginning? Was it because he was somebody bright and special and something wonderful to behold? But Isaiah tells us he was, he was nobody special. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with God. He was just an ordinary man. We've <coughs> got to understand that. Jesus didn't walk around with a halo around him saying that he was somebody special. He was an ordinary guy. Oh, he was the Son of God, and he had things to say, and he had the kingdom of God to preach, and that was what he came to do. But the one thing that really attracted people to him at, at the beginning, certainly, and <coughs> probably right through to the end, was the fact that he healed people. He healed people. Uh, it says that the people came to him in the evening, and, uh, and they, he healed. They came with all their diseases. They came with all their illnesses. They came with all their sicknesses. They came with all their problems. And Jesus met with them, and Jesus touched them, and Jesus healed them. Lepers who were shunned and <coughs> didn't get, uh, weren't able to go near anybody, Jesus reached out and he touched them. And people who had never been touched for a long time, maybe. His compassion and his love reached out and touched them and healed them. And what was the result? It says about one story that there were ten lepers that came, and Jesus healed every single one of them, and only one came back to give him thanks. Nine out of ten didn't even bother to come back and thank him. 
I remember the first time that I ever saw a, a miracle happen uh, of healing. Uh, I was, some of you know, most of you know that, that I was born again as, uh, as a Christian in Singapore back in the 60s, and uh, I'd been a Christian maybe several months. And I went with my pastor, uh, Fred Seward. I went with him up country into Malaysia to a place of all by the name of Klang. <laughs> it was a place called Klang. And we went, out, went there to hold open-air mission, to preach the gospel. Well, I, he did. I'm only a young Christian. I didn't know much about anything. But I went along with him, and there was a, guy, there was a crowd of us. We went in this minibus up country, across the Straits of Johor, Johor Bahru, and up to the, the Klang, and we held open air meetings, and when we'd finished the preaching of the gospel, we would pray for people and pray for their healing, pray for their salvation. We saw people come to the Lord. And one of the guys that was with me, with us, was a young man. I didn't know him very well. He was a, he was a soldier. I was an Air Force guy, and he was a soldier, and he, we were praying for this, this man, and this young soldier, again, not a Christian, hadn't been a Christian that long, really, but he prayed for this blind man. And this blind man received his sight. And you know what? I don't know who was more, more surprised, the blind man or the young squatty. He was, I, I, he can see. He can see. He can see. <coughs> he just couldn't believe it. And I look at I, and to be quite honest with you, I was jealous. I'm being honest. He had prayed for this man, this blind man. I'd just been standing at the side watching, as it were. And he had prayed for this blind man. This blind man had received his sight. It was incredible. A few weeks later, I was in some meetings in in, in Singapore City, and this American preacher was preaching, <coughs> and he, he said, God has said tonight that there are, lots, there are a number of people here who are deaf. And he said, I believe God wants to, to heal you. And sure enough, there was about maybe half a dozen people came forward, uh, some of them partially deaf, but some of them absolutely profoundly deaf, could not hear a thing. And he prayed for them. He put his fingers in their ears and he prayed for them. And God healed them. People who would be deaf all their life, some of them. And God healed them and restored their hearing. And I, you know, I, I, I watched these things happening and I knew that God, God was alive today and Jesus was healing people in, this was back in 1967. He was healing people in 1967 as he had done back when Jesus walked upon the face of the earth. It's interesting though that, that we get to rely so much on other things, like the NHS, instead of being our first 
default position being to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, do you want to heal me? I know that Jesus can heal, and Jesus does heal through operations and through, you know, medication and treatment. And, but, you know, back in the time of Jesus, there were no MRI scans, no x-rays, no antibiotics. There was none of that. Oh, there were the physicians around. Luke, who writes this, uh, this gospel, was a physician. He would have learned how to set bones. He would have learned how to uh, make uh, pr primitive, I suppose, med by our standards, primitive medicines for people to take, to, to break fevers and things like that. But he was very, very limited in what he could do. But Jesus was able to heal all who came to him. You've got to, rem got to understand that. There, were, there wasn't a disease, uh, an infirmity that Jesus couldn't touch and to heal for, on a person, whether it was mental or physical or spiritual. There's a story in Mark 10 of the, the story of blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, and Jesus is walking out, out of Jericho, <coughs> and um, blind Bartimaeus hears, obviously he couldn't see, he was blind, hears that, that Jesus is passing by. And he begins to shout at the top of his voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what was people's attitude? Don't shout, don't shout. What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? What, keep quiet, keep quiet. Get back in your box. And he didn't stop. He said, no. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. <coughs> Excuse me. And Jesus stops and says, and said to him, What do you want me to do? <coughs> and Jesus says, and, and Bartimaeus says, I want to receive my sight. And Jesus heals him. And he receives his sight. You know, when we sometimes <coughs> want to give Jesus that first place, when we want to give Jesus that priority in our lives. There are the voices of people who come against us and say, oh, don't be silly, don't be silly, don't be silly. Modern medicine will do it for you. Modern, you know, modern doctrine will do it for you. And they try to sort of make it so that Jesus is of somehow of secondary importance. When Jesus if Jesus wants to heal you, he will heal you. When Jesus wants to restore you, he will restore you. I don't care what it is that's in your body or in your mind or in your spirit. When Jesus decides something for you in your life, he does it. And he will restore. And he will heal. 
There's a story in, in Luke, Luke 5. Uh, if, you, if you look it up, I'm skipping things. You understand for the sake of time. But there's a story of the paralytic man. And the paralytic man is, well, he is what he is. He's on a, on a bed, a portable bed, like a stretcher. He's paralyzed. And his friends pick him up and carry him to the house where Jesus was. And they couldn't get in. You remember the story? He could, they couldn't get in. And so they carry him up onto the roof and they pull back the tiles and they, you know, they lower him down in front of where Jesus was teaching. And people are astounded. Jesus says, you know, your sins are forgiven. I won't go into all the, the whole story and the, the ramifications of it, but basically Jesus heals him. He says, take up your mat and go out. And Jesus healed him. Because Jesus said to, to his friend, your faith has made this man whole. Their faith. They were determined to bring this man to Jesus. Because they knew that if they brought this man to Jesus, this man would be healed. You see, that's the opposite of people who will say, no, 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 you don't want to do it that way. You'll be all right. Go and see the doctor. He'll give you a pill and you'll be fine. But the opposite of that is when you are determined to see someone healed. And you're going to storm, as it were, the gates of heaven for them and say, Lord Jesus, will you heal my friend? Will you heal this person? I don't care what it was, whether they've got cancer or whether they've got <coughs> whatever it might be. But we've got to show that we are our priority, that my priority for my brother and my sister is that they might find the healing power that flows from Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. One of the things that God has given us as the body of Christ, if you were to read in, in 1 Corinthians, are the gifts of healings, the gifts of the Spirit, yes, prophecy, wisdom, and all the other stuff, words of knowledge, etc. But there are gifts of healings. Why do you think God gave individuals in the body of Christ gifts, Holy Spirit gifts of healings? Why do you think he did that? Why do you think he does that? Why does God give individuals gifts of healings? So that people get healed. That's why. It's as simple as that. God doesn't give gifts for them to sit on a shelf and not be used. If God has given you a gift of healing, use it and see people healed. If God has given you a gift of healing, use it and see people set free. Whatever that healing might be. You might not be able to uh, speak to the paralyzed and see them walk. But if God has given you a gift to, to see, restore sight to the blind, he is, you will restore sight to the blind. If God has given you a gift of causing the, the, the deaf to hear, <coughs> they will hear. And God, you know, the Lord has given gifts to his body for his body and beyond that people might be healed and might be restored.
in John 14, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing, and he will do even greater things. Do you know that's a verse that's always, always challenged me? It's always, always stymied me, <laughs> you know? Jesus said, I can do things that, that even he could do, and even greater things. You can. You know, Connie, Becky, you know, you can. You can do greater things. Why? Because Jesus has said so. And because God has sent forth His Holy Spirit upon the face of the earth, God has sent His Holy Spirit into you so that you might be used by God to bring healing to other people, to see miracles happen. You want to see miracles happen? Surrender your will and your, your will to the Holy Spirit and let Him use you to perform miracles. The only reason there aren't miracles is because God's people don't want to exercise what God has given them. You see, we, we depend on the NHS. We depend on this charity and that charity and this, this thing and that and that, this, that and the other. Come in. <laughs> you see, that's what we depend on other things instead of realizing <coughs> that what Jesus has, what God has said in His Word is true. If He says you can do greater things than Jesus, then you can do greater things than Jesus. Because in sense, it's not you that's doing it. It's Jesus that's doing it through you and in you. The reason I don't see things happen as much in my life is because I don't rely, I, I rely on my own experience and knowledge and all the rest of it instead of just relying completely and totally on the Lord Jesus. And brothers and sisters, I want to say to you, when we begin to lay down our, our you know, our sense of nothingness, and realize who we are in Him. You who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and know Him as Savior and Lord, you know you are a child of the living God, and in you dwells the power of the living God, and in you dwells the purposes and plans of the living God. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and for my life and for this city of ours of Norwich. We are here for such a time as this. You're not here just because you think it's, it's a good idea. You're here because God has brought you here and God has made you a part of the body of Christ here in this place. Hallelujah. I'm going to leave it there. I've got other things to say, but but I think I want to give God the Holy Spirit time to move in Him. I I just have one one uh, yeah yeah I have one sort of experience. I remember as a young pastor in Chippy Norton. 
uh, when I first helped establish a church there, church planting. And we had our uh, house groups midweek. And uh, there was a good bunch of us, there was about a dozen of us, I think, we were just, just starting out, as it were. And I, I noticed that one night, uh, we used to meet in the same house every week because it was one of the bigger living rooms to get us all in. <clears throat> and I noticed one night that uh, one particular young sister was missing. Well, you do when there's only a dozen of you, you know. And uh, I thought she was, she, she was, she was she'd be all right. Caroline, her name was. And Caroline was missing. And I saw her a few days later. I said, oh, I missed you on the house group on, on Wednesday night. Uh, well, she said then, I can't come to the house group. I said, why not? She said, well, they have a cat. And I am totally and completely allergic to cats. And when I sit in the house there, when I come away, <laughs> tears stream down her face, her eyes are puffy and red. She coughs and splutters. And she, she really was very, very allergic to this stupid cat. And she couldn't come. She said, I can't come. I said, well, can't you take, come, see? This is the clever pastor, you know, thinking with his head instead of with his spirit. I said, well, can't you take some allergy pills or something? See, that's the first thing we turn to. We turn to pills, don't we? There's some allergy pills we can take. No, she said, they don't work for me. They make me ill. So I said, all right, then, then there's only one thing for it. I'm going to have to pray for you. So I, I, I got my wife alongside me, and we, we prayed for And God gave me a word of knowledge that this was not physical, but that this was spiritual. Because this was actually demonic. And it was the devil who was trying to prevent her from being with her people, the people of God. And so I prayed for her, and I just said, in the name of Jesus, you spirit of allergy, you come out of her, and you leave her alone, you stay away from her. And I prayed for her, and I said, in Jesus' name, you are free from this demonic power. God has released her just like that. And to this day, as far as I know, she never has any problems with cats or allergies of cats. You see, we, our priorities are wrong sometimes. And sometimes we pray for the physical when it should be the spiritual. And I just want to say to you that this afternoon God wants to pray for people, us to pray for people here. But I want to just, before we just finish our meeting here and we can pray for people. I just wanted to say to anyone who is listening to this broadcast, to anyone who is listening to this podcast, I just want to say to you that God is reaching out to you right where you are. If you have an illness, if you have a sickness, if you have a problem, of any sort, 
I believe the Lord Jesus would say to you right where you are, you just play your hand on any part of your physical body that is hurting, in which you have pain or which you have a problem. Lay your hand upon it, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we declare the healing of God into your body right where you are. We declare that you be set free from your illness. You be set free from your problem because Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your healer. It's not anything else. Oh, yeah, if the doctor has given you tablets, keep taking the tablets. I don't mind. It won't do you any harm once you've been healed. But I, pray to you, I just say to you in the name of Jesus, right where you are, receive your healing. Receive your release in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say that to each and every one of you here this, this afternoon, brothers and sisters. Whatever your problem is here, if you have any problems, we would love to pray for you. Sam and I will pray for you. Talitha will pray with you. Anyone out Others that have a, a gifting uh, and, and our leadership in the body of Christ can pray with you. And I believe by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit here, God will heal you and God will restore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.